Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history and culture through historical Chinese dramas. This is Karen. And this is Kathy. Today, we are discussing episode 31 of the story of Minglan, or in Chinese, that is This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. As we always do, the first part of this podcast episode will do an episode recap of the drama. And then we will get into the historical analysis of certain components described in the drama episode, and then we will wrap up with some book differences. If you haven't left us a rating on whichever platform you listen to us to, please do so and leave a comment. Also, we have revamped our website, ChasingDramas.com, and we'll be updating it more frequently. We have added more drama reviews in case you're looking for a drama to watch and want to get our thoughts or recommendations. With that out of the way, let's turn to the podcast episode. I'm going to be honest that when we were first figuring out what to write for this episode uh, or what to discuss, I thought this episode, episode 31, would be rather plot heavy. But after rewatching it a few times, I realized that there's actually quite a bit of history and culture to discuss. So we're focusing on just episode 31 today. And a lot of the scenes that we're going to talk about are more like background scenes that were not uh, really described or there's no dialogue, but it's still very interesting. In the last two episodes, episodes 29 and 30, our girl Minglan started turning on the offensive towards her sister Molan and more importantly, her sister's mother, Lin Xiaoyang, Mistress Lin. But she, Minglan, didn't get quite the results she wanted. Minglan had been flaunting the attention she's received from a Countess Wu, who is interested in having Minglan as a daughter-in-law for her son, Liang Han. Minglan totally recognizes why this marriage would be terrible as Liang Han is the definition of a wealthy playboy. He has his own mistresses at home that we find out is pregnant and is causing a lot of drama, which is why Countess Wu, so this guy's mother, wants to find a strong wife to manage her son's household. Uh, why would anyone want to walk into a trap like that? Well, Mulan and her mother, Lin Xiangyang, of course. Minglan goaded her sister into slashing her cheek, but it was not enough for her sister and Lin Xiangyang to receive a big enough punishment. After all, a slashed cheek of your daughter isn't that big of a deal, right? For Sheng Hong, you know, we find out once again that this father of the household is not that great of a person. So at the end of the last episode, episode 30, Minglan says, you know what? Let's make the mistake even bigger. So that is what we'll see happen in this episode. Episode 31 starts with Minglan telling her maids to document every single gift that Countess Wu has given Minglan so far, because they are certainly going to return them in the future. We find out that the expensive jade bracelet Minglan gave to Rulan and the fabrics given to Mulan were not actually from Countess Wu, but purchased personally by Minglan as a way to trick her sisters into thinking she has a great relationship with Countess Wu. 
Technically, Minglan could have gifted actual gifts from Countess Wu, but this is her tactic of creating the facade she wants, but also not being beholden to anything from Countess Wu in the future. In the next scene, we see Rulan gossiping with her maid about Countess Wu's visit and how upset this makes Mulan, which pleases her greatly. She, like, actually doesn't care about Liang Han at all. What's interesting is that Rulan quickly bumps into a mysterious young stranger at her home. It's definitely one of the students that Sheng Hong has invited to stay at the household. Who is he, and what do you think will happen? Also, very unfair to the actor, but this guy's not really a looker. So. <laughs> yeah, all the comments for this guy were like, oh, he's not attractive at all. Like, who is he? I mean, to be fair, he only has like three scenes in the entire drama. But you get a sense that he's academic and he's very polite. And um, in this scene, Rulan loses her handkerchief. But this guy who picks it up was actually very um, gentlemanly. And this contrasts very heavily with later on in the drama. This guy doesn't even give uh, the handkerchief back to Rulan so that they don't touch hands. He leaves it on um, a tree branch nearby so that she can pick it up. This is how, uh, I guess, proper they should actually interact a, a man and a woman who you know don't know each other. The father of the household, Sheng Hong, has decided, at the end of episode 30, in fact, to match Mulan with a guy named Wen Yanjing. He's a bright young lad who is sure to have a great career ahead of him, but he does not come from wealth or status. He is also currently only a Juren, or a recommended man. He has yet to pass the Metropolitan exams, so he doesn't have any position as a bureaucrat. This is, of course, absolutely unacceptable for Lin Xiaoyang. At dinner one night with Sheng Hong, she uses all her tactics and wiles to try to convince him that Wen Yanjing is too poor for her daughter. It's increasingly obvious that Sheng Hong is displeased with Lin Xiaoyang's viewpoint as it reflects her shallow tendencies, so he storms off. This is an interesting change of events. Sheng Hong's reaction also pushes the mother-daughter pair to want to take Mulan's marriage into their own hands. Which is exactly what Minglan wants to happen. Meanwhile, Minglan visits her aunt at the temple that her aunt's been staying at. She learns from her aunt that the Countess Wu will bring her son Liang Han to the temple on the 15th of the month for a big ritual. This is crucial information that uh, Minglan needs in order to lure Mulan out. As Milan leaves the temple, though, she spots none other than her old uh, flame, not really flame, uh, infatuation or crush, Qi Heng, with his new wife, Jia Cheng Xianzhu. This stops Milan in her tracks, seeing Qi Heng with his new wife. I mean, yeah, it's surprising. Qi Heng is as gentlemanly as ever, and I would say Minglan turns very sad. She sheds a tear to see Qi Heng with his new wife seemingly very happy together. But it doesn't seem like the relationship is as loving as it first appears. Qi Heng prays to the gods for the nation's prosperity and homeward peace, but as his new wife notes, 
he did not pray for kids. His wife keeps pushing him until he finally relents and agrees to pray for that too, but it's in a very like aloof manner. You can tell he's not super looking forward to kids with this or he's like, you know what? We'll just leave it up to the gods to, to gift us a kid. I'm not going to push for it. I mean, that's really quite a slap in the face to Jiacheng Xianzhu. Well, when she leaves and Ti Hong is left alone for a hot second, he quickly returns to pray for Ming Lan's happiness and health, and even that she matches with a good person. What do you think, guys? Like, it's sweet of him to do so, but for both people, you know, this ship has sailed, so oh well. Later that night, Ming Lan converses with her grandmother while playing a game which I've personally never seen before. And they don't focus on it in the show, but it's more just there in the background. We'll talk about this later. She states that she won't be visiting the temple as much in the future. What's going on? Over at Lin Xiaoniang's courtyard, Lin Xiaoniang hears the rumors that Ming Lan will go to the temple on the 15th of the month, the same day as Countess Wu. Mulan begins freaking out, believing she's missed her chance as she's still stuck at home. Lin Xiaoniang, though, immediately tells her daughter, it's time to abandon all shame and propriety to seize the opportunity for happiness. If Mulan doesn't do anything, she will be forced to marry a pauper, and this is unacceptable. Lin Xiaoyang continues to goad her daughter. I say at this point it's goading, saying that she herself quickly got pregnant with Changfeng. Otherwise, how would she have survived in the family? Mulan must not hesitate anymore. Mulan finally agrees and states, "If I can marry into nobility." Who cares about shame? So what happens? Mulan dresses as a maid who has the same stature as her and sneaks out of the house with only one other maid in tow and heads towards the temple. Countess Wu and her son are, of course, there at the temple. We also get a more complete picture as to just how much of a rascal Liang Han, the sixth son, is and how scheming Countess Wu is as well. No one is actually nice. <laughs> Liang Han's current concubine is very much pregnant, and Countess Wu desperately needs Liang Han to marry now. Any talk of love or status? Nah, it's all very transactional. And the reason is, is because Liang Han currently is expecting a son without having a proper wife, and that is actually out of societal norms. So she needs someone to marry into the household right now so that Liang Han can kind of like square this whole entire fiasco. Overall, like this would be a complete waste for Ming Lan if she actually did marry into this family. But Mulan is so totally into it. Also, she doesn't know the reality of what she's jumping into. She only cares about the money and the, the status. So... Mulan, who is at the temple, successfully stages a, uh, what you would call a meet-cute with Liang Han. Who was there to guide this meet-cute? Why, none other than Ming Lan's aunt. 
To me, it's hilarious because Milan's aunt tells the women, so Mulan and the other maid, to not go over there to that section at the temple because it's all men. And what does Mulan do? Oh, um, go to where all the men are. And they successfully bump into Liang Han, who is absolutely shocked to find Mulan there, but is very, very, very pleased to see her. I must say the director of this drama used the next scene to uh, showcase an even more artistic side, which I'm laughing about. First of all, Liang Han like, picks up Mulan, who accidentally tripped, and even hugs her, which is already hugely out of decorum, because as we said earlier, uh, the guy who picked up uh, Ruulan's handkerchief left it on a tree branch so there would be no way anyone could misunderstand their uh, interactions. Whereas Liang Han totally is like, nope, I like this girl. This girl also said something that, you know, means that we want to get it on. So I'm going to totally just go for it and hug her. But the amusing part is that we don't see any of the next steps. Instead, we only see a few scenes of dew drops or raindrops fall from leaves. This actually has two meanings that we'll talk about in our historical analysis portion of the episode, or cultural analysis portion, I must say. But this is way classier than, uh, let's just say, Bridgerton. How many of you listeners have watched Bridgerton on Netflix? Let's just say, you know, it's great if you know what you're getting into, uh, but it's hilarious in my view comparing these scenes with this drama, the story of Mingland, that just use a few dewdrops of water to cover what we can use our imagination for. Anyways, it is interesting, though, that before heading to see Liang Han, Mulan's maid actually tries to stop her. The maid warns that, you know, what will happen to Mulan's family reputation if this event got out? Listen to Mulan. She says, who cares about my family? It's about my future happiness. Clearly, Mulan learned all of this from Lin Xiangyang, who does not care about anyone except for herself. This is... Mulan's whole view of life right now. And you know what? It's unfortunately going to come back to bite her. I mean, Mulan's already just... She's gone. She's gone. She's she's too far off the deep end. Yeah. Well, we then get an extended scene of the Sheng daughters, evidently at another time paying their respects to Grandma Sheng. There's a decent amount of sniping from Mulan, who clearly got what she wanted and thinks she's way more superior to Milan. The conversation turns towards Mulan's maid, though, who somehow keeps leaving the Sheng family manor to buy supplies. This gets Mulan all antsy because she's worried her ruse will be discovered. Milan knows that her fish is on the hook, and now it's time to reel her prize in, so to speak. So, she invites Rulan over to grab the presents for their nephew, Hualan's newborn son. Rulan is quite surprised to see three large pots filled with lilies in Milan's uh, residence. Milan says that the Taoist monks at the temple told her that these lilies would help her marriage prospects. Rulan teases her a little bit about this, and actually tells Milan to not worry about all the gossip surrounding her, Xi Hong, and Countess Wu. Surprisingly, Rulan tells Milan to brush it off because everyone else is simply jealous of her. 
Well, Milan then just gifts Rulan a lot more handkerchiefs and, and gifts as well to, to thank her for this. And this honestly is quite sweet. Rulan may not be the smartest cookie, but she does think highly of Milan. And to me, this shows Rulan's true character. She can't be nearly as bad as Mulan. Well, why did Minglan explain all of this about the Taoist monks and her marriage prospects to Rulan, though? Uh, it is because she is expecting Rulan to relay this information to Madame Wang. Because from what we've heard from uh, Mulan about the maids going uh, out quite frequently, Mulan has been sneaking off to uh, rendezvous with Liang Han quite frequently. And now it really is time to reel the trap uh, or the prize in. So Rulan shows the gifts that uh, she received from Minglan to her mother and chuckles about the large pots placed in Minglan's quarters. Madame Wang or Wang Danyang hears this and decides, you know what? If Minglan is so worried about marriage prospects, then maybe I need to head to the temple as well to ask for some uh, predictions and pray for good marriage prospects for my own daughter. And this is all going according to Minglan's plan. One day, Wang Danyang heads to the temple and who does she spot? None other than Mulan and her maid. Wang Danyangzi's own maid goes to investigate and she sees Mulan enter into a room and Liang Han enter shortly after. Like these two are super inconspicuous, right? Well, the maid hardly reports back to Madame Wang, who is shocked to hear that Mulan is having uh, this type of tryst with Liang Han. Madame Wong wants to barge into the room and catch the two red-handed, but luckily her maid stops her. Honestly, I don't know what Madame Wong would do without this maid, uh, because she wisely tells Madame Wong that Madame Wong is absolutely no match against Lin Xiangyang or Mulan, because if they're caught without real evidence, or at least Sheng Ho not seeing this, these two, especially Mistress Lin, will just turn the story upside down and make Wang Danyangzi or Madame Wong the bad guy. And for once in her life, I'm so happy to see this. Madame Wong listens to reason and actually hatches a plan. Her maid suggests that they report back to Sheng Hong and have him personally catch the two uh, lovers, illicit lovers, red-handed. That way, Li Xiangyang cannot twist the story. So later that night, Wang Danyangzi informs her husband of this. He cannot believe his ears. He blatantly turns around to tell his wife that she's slandering his daughter. This to me, I'm, I just do an eye roll. This to me just reflects how much, uh, how oblivious this guy yeah. is. Well, Wang Danyangzi tells him, you know, he should just go and catch them personally himself. And then he'll believe her. Shang Hong is even more enraged at this. This is so funny because his feet are currently bathing in hot water, so he can't actually move. So he's just like twisting and turning in disbelief. Without even drying his feet, Sheng Hong begins to leave to try and bring Lin Xiangyan and Mulan over to discover, quote unquote, the truth. Wang Danyangzi stops him and swears on Rulan's own marriage and Hua Lan's happiness at her husband's family 
that what she says is true. And this is really important. This is like, I'm not saying this just for me because I you know, have a vendetta against Lee Sang Young. I am swearing upon my daughter's happiness, which has oh, a, way, is, is like a big deal. It has yeah. a way more impact. Upon hearing this, Shang Hong turns back towards his wife with a completely different demeanor. And honestly, it's surprising. He actually begins to cry as he, I think, begins to grasp the gravity of the situation. And I think the actor for this does an amazing job. At first, his disbelief, and now he comes back and he's absolutely devastated. Shortly after, Mulan heads out again to rendezvous with Liang Han. Wang Danyangzi's maid spots them and informs Madame Wang. Madame Wang is all in a tizzy, but in at least one moment of clarity, tells her maid to inform Sheng Hong to catch them and bring only servants who've signed si or death contracts. They will tightly surround the courtyard so no one will flee the premises or gossip about what they will witness. In the next episode, we will talk about the aftermath of this discovery and what this uh, means for the Sheng family. Quite a lot of action in this episode, but really it's due to Mulan's complete lack of shame in order to marry the son of a count. But also, um, Liang Han, you're such a playboy. You have a girl at home pregnant and you're now here with another woman. Mulan, you chose so well. I'm, I don't know what to say. Happy for you, I guess. You deserve each other. You deserve each other. Also, you're a terrible person. And we'll see just how terrible of a person she is in the next episode. Not her, but actually her mother. Well, her and her mother. Her and her mother. There you go. some cultural uh, insights and history in this episode now. Starting off is this uh, game called Tui Zao Ni that Minglan is playing with her grandmother. So in the beginning half of the episode, when Minglan is chatting with her grandmother, she is putting together a little toy that um, she and her grandmother then play with while chatting. I have actually never seen this type of gadget before in any other drama I've watched. So I did some research and actually I I was really pleased to to see this. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like I mentioned, the game is called Tui Zao Ni and I have absolutely no idea what the direct translation is. So my best attempt at this is it is a uh, date pushing mill or grinder because Tui means to push. Zao means date, as in the fruit, or it's also called a jujube, and then mo means grind. This game was first documented in the Southern Dynasty around 400 AD, and there is a famous painting, or I get, you know, there's a painting by a guy named Su Hanchen during the uh, Song Dynasty that painted this game between two children. So two children were playing this, and that's what we have to reference right now. Essentially, it's a game where you have a bamboo stick with two dates on either side of it and you like stick it on the stick 
And then you have to balance it on another date, but this date is cut in half. And so the half uh, of the seed is exposed. And then you are to balance the bamboo stick with the two dates on either side of it on the seed, which is supported by a few other bamboo sticks. The aim is to spin the top portion uh, around and around and whoever causes the top portion to fall off of the, uh, the seed that it's balancing on loses. In this episode, they don't uh, show the spinning portion of the game and it's only Minglan and her grandmother trying to balance the dates. Anyways, a rather interesting little game that, like I said, never seen before and I'm glad they put it in the drama so that we can learn something. And again, they never talked about it. They, they didn't like showcase it or anything. It was just like, this is a game that people play. And that's what I really appreciate about this drama. Now, let's talk about Molan and Liang Hanza, a mature encounter that was glossed over with a few dewdrops. Why did the director choose to show those scenes? Uh, because of actually two meanings. Now, lu shui, or dewdrops, or you could say like raindrops, are often referenced, you will notice, in Chinese dramas concerning the uh, uh, emperor's harem when people are telling him to spend time evenly with his various ladies. The term we hear quite often is yu lu jun zhan. In the last drama we talked about, uh, you heard this phrase a lot when, for example, the Empress Dowager or the Empress or sometimes even um, Jin Huan herself would tell the Emperor that he has to stop spending so much time with Jin Huan and spend more time with other ladies in the harem. The thought that when Yu Lu Jun Zhan or there's dew spread amongst uh, everyone that's evenly spread out, there will be a more harmonious uh, environment in the palace. So dewdrops or raindrops are, I guess, the metaphor for the uh, graces of a husband, if you will. Another idiom is called lu shui qing yuan, which literally translates to a dewdrop relationship. This is used to describe encounters and usually associated with the illicit type of relationship between a man and woman. So in the future, if you're watching a Chinese drama, that's why there may be a raindrop or dewdrops used in place of a uh, bedroom scene. In a recent drama, uh, Rattan or Situng that just came out um, earlier this year, there was a scene with dewdrops after the main characters kissed and fans were all like, ooh, their relationship may have gone to another level. Otherwise, the director would not have put these dewdrops in the show. So very interesting directorial choice. Well, next we're going to talk about Bing Su Lao, which is the dessert that was shown in the episode. It had been mentioned before, but hadn't been shown, so we'll talk about it right now. This is very much a summer dessert that looks kind of gelatinous or creamy. From behind the scenes videos, the prop master created this dessert mainly with yogurt, ice, and fruit, actually. It apparently was quite good, according to the actress for Mulan. She had a bite, thought it tasted quite good, but then had to say her lines. Next thing she knew, the other two actresses for Mulan and Milan already had two bowls and were just like stuffing their faces. 
Now, I couldn't find too many historical references to this, but there are historical records of people using ice during the summer dating back to the Tang Dynasty. By the Song Dynasty, people added fruits to their summer desserts, and during the Yuan Dynasty, the emperor who enjoyed milk added ice to milk to invent a rudimentary form of ice cream. And during this time, this dessert was called Bing La. Um, during Empresses of the Palace, we showed how people definitely use ice if you're wealthy enough to uh, kind of keep yourself cool during the winter. Now we see it ice being used uh, in food. Another record comes from Hong or Dream in the Red Mansion, where the author describes a Tang Zheng Su Lao, or a sugar-steamed milk custard. This apparently is very similar to the milk custard still found in Beijing today. The book, Holomong or Dream in the Red Mansion, however, was written in the Qing Dynasty, so over 500 years after when the story took place. Some fans actually have made versions of the dessert, and the main ingredients include milk and rice wine, actually. The videos online look quite tasty, and for the show, as we've seen, is not really historically accurate, but it's a great way to show kind of what wealthy people ate uh, to keep cool during the summer. All right, now we talked about food, and lastly, we're gonna talk about a more somber topic. And this is the si So when Wang Danyangzi hurries to try and catch Molan and Liang Han in the act, she quickly tells her mate to bring only people who have signed a death contract or si qi. The literal translation is a death contract, but it really means an irrevocable deed. What does this mean? So by the Song Dynasty, we mentioned before that slavery had been banned. People, though, could sell themselves into service. A huoqi, or a living contract, or revocable deed, means that as a servant, you could earn a wage that you could ultimately buy back your freedom. With a si or a death contract, it meant that you couldn't buy back your freedom. You're basically a slave. Your master will decide your fate and you're technically his or her property. The only difference is, is if your master treats you poorly, you can still sue him or her. If the master kills you, your family can also uh, file a lawsuit. Right. And he, he could potentially pay, face charges. Now, it was really difficult to prove anything, but this at least meant that you had uh, some rights. Now, back to the situation at hand. The reason why Wang Nanyangzi wanted only people who signed a si is because they won't gossip. Their lives are in the hands of Wang Nanyangzi, so they would not dare talk, and therefore are actually the most trustworthy servants. For someone with a living contract, they could potentially be bought out uh, to spill the secret. Well, that's it for actually historical analysis for today. Uh, let's briefly talk about the differences in the book. Minglan in the book didn't go on this whole vendetta to avenge her mother, so she actually played little to no part in Mulan's decision to uh, sully her own reputation and begin this tryst with Liang Han. Minglan at most said to her grandmother that she didn't want to marry him. The timeline of the story is also a bit different, as Minglan and Grandma Sheng 
only find out about this whole relationship after Mulan and Liang Han get caught, uh, which will be shown right in the next episode. I'll dive a lot into the episode next week as I think the book does a better job at showing some people's motivations and the drama does better with others. So I definitely want to uh, give a full picture of everyone's motivations. And that is it for today's podcast episode. Um, Definitely longer than I expected us to chat because I thought like, you know, we would only have a little bit to recap, but clearly there was more uh, beneath the surface. As always, if you have any comments or questions um, or just want to let us know what topics you'd like to cover, please let us know. Reach us on Instagram or Twitter or email us at chasingdramas.com. Like I said, leave us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us to. The music you heard is the uh, Gujong or Zither version of the title song of the drama with uh, sheet music by Tui Jianghui and played by Mua. Thank you all so much for listening. We will catch you in the next episode as uh, Ming Lan finally gets to avenge her mother. <laughs>